Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Blue, here to recap a uh, disappointing win for the Raptors, disappointing game for the Raptors, uh, where they lose by a score of 124 to 10, uh, 122 in overtime. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a very eventful game. Um, really, you can sum it up in, in, in two layups right at the buzzer, uh, where uh, Fred Van Vliet at the end of regulation um, collects the chance uh, and drives in, breaks down his man, gets into the paint, draws two defenders, dishes it off to Scotty Barnes, uh, who has, it's not a wide open layup, but like, I mean, a layup he would make 95% of the time. And a play that he probably could have dunked it on as well. Um, but he misses the go-ahead layup, misses the tip-in after that as well, and the game goes to overtime. And then at the end of overtime, the Raptors get a huge break. DeAndre Hunter, who was 11 of 12 from the free throw line up until that point, goes to the free throw line, bricks both. Raptors get the ball back. Uh, they give the ball to OG. He drives, draws a foul, goes to the free throw line, nails both. It's a tie game with under four seconds left. And then the Raptors have a kind of a comedy of errors. Uh, it's really one of those plays where you really got to watch it back over and over and over again. Um, just to see how many errors are in there. Um, but the Raptors are really concerned about the Hawks getting the ball inbounded to Trey Young. Um, and instead, Atlanta inbounds the ball to DeJounte Murray, um, passes it off to Trey, who had a running start because uh, Thad, Thad Young was fronting Trey uh, on the inbound, and so that meant that he was actually between Trey and uh, Atlanta's basket or Toronto's basket, right? So Trey was able to have a free run in behind him. Now that's okay, right? That's okay. That's not really a mistake on Thad. You're supposed to try to deny the pass to him, but there's supposed to be communication behind the ball. And I've watched the playback two or three times now, and I'm I'm going to do so more as sort of the you know the the recap continues here. But the one thing that I was really genuinely can you know confused about was Scotty Barnes ran past half court and I'm not entirely sure for what reason um it was a situation where the Raptors had obviously you know matched up in numbers and Trey yes was getting free but he was getting free at half court like there are still switches there's still rotations that you could sort of make in that position but I don't fully understand why Scotty ran in from the wrong side of the floor, got to about half court, uh, and then kind of got clipped by Clint Capella, but that was nowhere near the ball. And that created a two-on-one where Trey was able to get ahead of the play. OG has to step up to Trey in that moment. Um, and, yeah, Trey was able to alertly throw the pass ahead to A.J. Griffin, who was able to catch it and finish it. Um, all in one motion to beat the shot clock uh, and to win the game. So there you go. Two layups, one missed, one made, and that's the game. Um, you know, I, I think there's so many other elements to this one. It was a very, very good game, very, very hard-fought game um, by both teams. But when you really think about it, that's what it came down to, those two layups. And and again, I, I, I have to watch the play more. Um, I, I need to know why... Scotty went past half court for that one. Uh, maybe it was Nick. You never know. Maybe Nick was directing them. Maybe it was miscommunication. I'm not sure. Maybe it was like a freestyling kind of hero ball type of play, but it, it, it's it's strange. And um, 
you know, ultimately the Raptors walk away disappointed. Uh, they had fought really hard for this game, um, you know, severely shorthanded coming into this matchup. Uh, obviously, no Pascal. You know, he's he's on the men, but uh, he, he's not ready just yet. Uh, no Precious, no Chris, no Gary. Um, you know, it, it's it's a lineup that you probably won't see that often from the Raptors where they started Juancho Hernan Gomez and Thad Young. Um, and both guys actually played pretty well in those spot minutes, you know. Um, your main guys, those being OG, Scotty, Fred, those guys all shot the ball poorly. Um, OG was able to finish decently in the paint, um, but step back jumpers, he was short, and then uh, wide open threes, he was short. He was 0 for 6 from 3 tonight. Um, Scotty shot the ball 29 times, which is awesome to see, um, and that's a great number for him. I think that uh, obviously you're not expecting him to shoot 29 times each uh, each game, but in this specific matchup, when you have uh, a Hawks team that doesn't necessarily have a wing defender to stop him. You want to see Scotty go to the cup. Uh, you want to see Scotty aggressive. And you know what? If, if people are going to get on him for, um, and myself included, by the way, if, if people are going to get on him for for not taking his opportunities and not being involved in offense, no one can complain about him taking 29 shots. To be honest, there weren't a lot of bad shots in that stretch. Um, and then Fred VanVleet, 4 of 18. <laughs> From the field, I thought he was he was looking very labored throughout the course of the game. Um, shot one of eleven from three, and the one that actually dropped touched the rim like four times, Kawhi Leonard style, and then finally dropped in. So that I mean, it really should be zero of eleven from three. Uh, and Fred was quite labored. You know, defensively they put him off of Trey Young. Usually they put him on Trey Young, but they couldn't even put him on Trey because Trey was getting by him. Dejounte Murray was getting by him at times as well. You know, it, it's your main guys were labored, but your supporting cast kind of did step up for you guys made huge plays. Christian Coloco came up with seven offensive rebounds. And yeah, he missed, you know, a, a key free throw down the stretch there. Um, but, you know, he also got you four blocks. You know, he got you tons of second chances. And to be honest, he almost made the game winning play by running down the rebound, uh, setting up Fred. And then Fred is able to drive and find Scotty. And again, you just think about it. That would have been the perfect way to escape the game. Scotty Barnes at the bucket for a layup, and he misses it. Um, and, you know, it's weirdly reminiscent of that game that the Raptors had against Cleveland last season in December, uh, shortly after Pascal came back, where there was a, you know, there was a, there was another sequence where Scotty had a play right at the basket, and he, and he couldn't get the tip in the drop, I think, at that point. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I thought Christian gave you some some good minutes. Malachi gave you great minutes off the bench, 17 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals. Uh, you know, shot the ball efficiently, was able to create, and the only issue is he had committed six fouls. And 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 you know, down the stretch of there, there was a couple plays where he made where you know he didn't necessarily need to. Right, he was a little too um, out of position for screen, and also a little too skinny for that screen to have any impact. And so he sort of extended his elbow out and got called for a moving screen on a play that had nothing to do with the Raptors scoring the possession. So you just hate to see a possession wasted on that kind of stuff. Um, but Again, like the Raptors had that chance. They had they had two chances. And really, you know, you think back on the layup, but what might be more disappointing is the fact that you couldn't contain the Hawks from going the full length of the floor for a wide open layup in 3.8 seconds off of uh, in, uh, an inbound under their own basket. The Hawks ran out of timeouts. They had to call an extra timeout to advance the ball. Then they call another timeout. Uh, and they were out of timeouts. They weren't expecting Hunter to miss both free throws. He did. The Raptors called timeout, drip a nice play. Scott, uh, OG was able to get downhill, go to the free throw line, shake off the booze, make both free throws. You're in an amazing spot. This game should be in double overtime right now, right? Right now, 
it, it shouldn't be me talking to you on the reaction podcast. It should be, you know, it, it should be, you know, Jonesy and Eric calling the game right now um, in double OT and, and sort of we'll see where the chips land there. But, you know, it, it's, uh, it's disappointing on that front. It really is because, you know, the Raptors had a chance to take away this very, very exciting game where they fought really hard for and they got contributions up and down the roster and, you know, and you can even go back earlier in that quarter, right? The Raptors held like an eight-point lead, um, you know, with about three, four minutes left in the fourth quarter. They had all the momentum on their side. And then Trey drives, misses the drive, but uh, he steps on Scotty's foot or Scotty kind of steps on his foot. Too. I'm not really sure what happened. But basically, you know, Scotty rolled his ankle and had to come out of the game for like two minutes. And it looked pretty bad uh, for a second. Uh, luckily, he was able to come back into the game. So Scotty rolls his ankle. During that stretch, I was very disappointed with how the Raptors responded to that, right? Because the Hawks were able to um, get an open three. Trey was able to drive, collapse the paint. The Raptors sort of sagged in the paint. They were worried about the the lob to Capella. Trey smartly found the the pass out to the corner. I think it was Hunter was able to knock down the three. Uh, And then the next play down, Trey uh, attacking off that pick and roll. Christian Coloco doesn't come out high enough. I mean, he's at the three-point line, but listen, with Trey, you got to be above the three-point line. You have to be close to him at all times. And Coloco doesn't come out above the three-point line. Trey was able to pull up from 30 and make that three. And another play where, um, you know, I'm not sure what specifically happened. Oh, Trey uh, Trey made a quick drive against Malachi Flynn in transition, and he he got two free throws there. So it went, went from an eight-point lead back down to a, uh, a tie game. And, and and luckily, Scotty was able to come back in and make a couple more plays from that point onward. But still, um, you know, you, you just really, really regret what happened in that stretch there. And, um, and, and honestly, you know, the officiating is a big storyline there too because um, before Scotty had the chance to miss that layup, the play was ruled out of bounds on Trey Young because he had stripped scotty under the basket with about 10 seconds left this is in the view of the officials except when you look at the replay trey fully hacks scotty across the arms which is what creates the opportunity for the ball to slip loose so really the raptors should have been at the free throw line uh with about 10 seconds left in a tie game scotty barnes going to the line to make two free throws um and so Lots and lots of storylines, lots of sort of different twists um, that uh, this game could have taken. But ultimately, um, you know, ultimately, it's it's one of those games where I don't feel particularly interested in sort of pointing fingers or blaming because I think at the same time, like the Raptors really played this game to the best of their ability. I think the only letdown is the defensive breakdown and, and the missed layup. Um, and, and that's not to say Scotty was, you know, the culprit behind this loss because Scotty was the Raptors best player, 28 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists, uh, a steal, two blocks. It, he was just doing everything. Like he really did everything to the point where he was also your main defender on Trey young. And yes, Trey had a nice game as he always does 33 points and 12 assists. Most of that did not come when Scotty was his, his primary assignment because Scotty was actually the, the only guy who was able to, to sort of, um, to slow down Trey, right? To prevent the the drive, um, you know, to, to while also sort of stepping up and having a hand up for his threes, right? So, um, you know, Scotty did everything. And it's just such a shame that, like, a, a couple of the last plays there, you know, you, you sort of single him out a little bit because he was just involved in some of those sequences. Like, he actually played an amazing game. And the Raptors as a whole played really, really well. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those... <laughs> 
things that happened. You look back on the you know the end of the '82 season, you might laugh at this one. You might you might think about you know I can't believe that one game that the Raptors missed like all their guys and they came into this game with you know. 10 players available they played nine of those guys two of them are you know jeff Dowden and ron harper jr you know they don't even have delano on auto like everybody is hurt at the same time people are sick fred looks like he's moving around in quicksand um you know he's clearly not 100 percent. he plays 44 minutes for you he makes a great play at the end of the game and you miss a layup and, and meanwhile the other way you you get two free throws to miss and then you uh, give up a layup even though the other team has to go the full length of the court like it, it's one of those games where you kind of just have to laugh at it a little bit but um yeah i mean there were still a lot of positives and i, and I really do want to cover those so i'm going to take a quick break and on the other side of that i'm going to get to the contributions well first off from scotty barnes i mean i thought he was excellent um but even the the understated guys dad wancho malachi christian these guys all came in and gave you something and put the raptors into a position uh, to be even be in overtime in the first place while being severely shorthanded. So you really can't be too mad at the performance. You understand it. But at the same time, you do regret that the Raptors literally let this game uh, slip out of their hands two or three times down that stretch. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Come back with positives. I've been your host, Willu. You're listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. Steph, I'm not the fan. Your host, Wim Lou. Continue to recap the Toronto Raptors 124 to 122 loss in overtime against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, yeah, okay. So we we, we, we covered the, the, the end of the game stuff and, you know, the misplays there. Um, by, by the way, congrats to, to AJ Griffin um, doing that against uh, his dad's, you know, team. Uh, Got to probably be some mixed emotions for, for, for Griff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, by the way, Adrian Griffin had like nine points in overtime. It was it was very impressive. He was making all sorts of plays. It was a very um, inspired decision from from Nate uh, McMillan to to trust AJ in that spot, and uh, he really delivered. But listen, okay, uh, on the Raptor side of things. So first off, I mean, I thought Scotty played an amazing game. Um, probably his best game of the season. Uh, maybe not even a probably. Uh, I mean, all the stuff that you would hope for in terms of like him initiating plays him playmaking him um making something out of nothing um you know he did that he he absolutely did that and i know that people are gonna really attach themselves to the mistake at the end there which was under his own control i don't know why he went up past half court uh or uh the layup which i guess is also under his control um i know people said just dunk it i mean i don't mind going for the layup there it's just you know it's a shot that he makes 95% of the time. He just missed it. It happens, I guess. Um, but he actually had a phenomenal game. First off, uh, one assist shy of the triple-double. Um, really should have gotten that, too, because he was spoon-feeding Christian Coloco a couple times uh, right around the basket. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is what it looks like when Scotty is, like, ultra-aggressive, has all the confidence in the world you know, start of the game, middle of the game, end of the game, you know, he was looking to attack, looking to initiate. Now, a couple of plays you don't like in terms of, like, him dribbling, you know, out the clock and trying to, like, I size up Clint Capella when Capella's clearly shading him to drive middle. Just drive middle, right? Drive middle, force the rotation over, and then set up the next pass. That's not a bad outcome for the offense, but him trying to dribble in place for 10 seconds hoping maybe that Capella would get crossed up and uh, Scotty can go baseline. Stuff like that you just don't like to see, right? Some of the mid-range jumpers, you know, maybe were 
you know, a little excessive as well. But ultimately, you you wanted to see him create. You wanted to see him attack. And this was a play. Um, this is a game where Scotty Barnes almost made a play at the end of every quarter, right? At the end of the first quarter, um, the Raptors got the stop. Scotty Barnes ran the full length of the floor, was forced to turn, but he was able to turn and then sort of like 360 into a three-pointer and make that at the buzzer. Bit of a lucky shot, but still... Big play. Um, I, I just like the fact that he was able to take it end to end in about you know <laughs> three point eight seconds, uh, ironically. Um, but and then make something happen out of that, make a three, right? Then at the end of the second quarter, Scotty was able to drive in, take Capella off the bounce, uh, and go all the way to the cup, get to the the, the shot, and I think it was goaltended. So there's five points for you now uh, off of those end of quarter plays. End of the third quarter. Scotty comes in and gets a rebound, and um, he got fouled on the box out. The Hawks were, um, you know, had already put the Raptors into the bonus at that point. And so Scotty goes to the free throw line and knocks down two free throws. He had literally made a play at the final buzzer for three straight quarters. And of course, he had that layup in the fourth quarter. It would have been very, very, very perfect. Um, that's, that's almost like hitting for the cycle in, in, in basketball. But um yeah I, I just i like the 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 way he attacked um I, I think there were a variety of plays that he was able to make that you just don't usually see um from from anyone there's a couple of help side blocks from a guy who is your point guard how many point guards are in the game providing help side blocks at the basket like emphatic denials uh ones where you got to roar into the crowd afterwards because it's that good of a play um, you know, you have plays where as a big point guard, he's able to sort of pass it over the top to a guy like Coloco, uh, Coloco goes to the free throw line instead of giving it an assist. I mean, who cares about triple doubles? It's, it's really about making the play. And he did that, um, you know, at the end of quarter, making something out of nothing kind of plays. Um, and yeah, I mean, driving in and dunking it on either Capello or John Collins, I wasn't fully sure who was able to actually get into that poster with Scotty at the end there, but Scotty was able to take it off the bounce from the three-point line and just dunk it hard. Um, the, the plays where he's able to post up and, and, and go to the, the hook shots, like he did everything that you would want to see from him. And this is a totally big difference between what Scotty did here today versus what Scotty did at other points with, uh, with Pascal you know, being out the last two weeks. We've seen games where he's taken like eight shots. You know, like just setting up other guys and, and deferring and, you know, whatever. This is none of that. This is him being aggressive. Yes, making the right passes, but the responsibility was on him. And I respected the fact that, you know, even uh, after he suffered the ankle injury, he was able to come back into the game and still participate and still will his team forward. I, I thought he still made a couple of plays there that you needed to see from him, including an overtime where Scotty was able to drive middle score with the hook shot then drive middle and then dump it after drawing the double team to thad was able to you know be, be in the right spot at the right time for a reverse layup so um I, yeah I, I just think that this is sort of a, a a peek into the future a little bit in terms of what you can expect from scotty when he puts it all together obviously it really helps when he's able to knock down four threes which by the way the raptors as a team only knocked down eight threes uh this might be the fewest threes i've seen in an nba game uh, since you know the, the 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 calendar turned into you know 2020 and beyond, because every team shoots like 43s a game, and the Raptors and the Hawks combined, even with an overtime period, to shoot only to only make 15 threes. This is a very very rare game in that sense. But um, yeah, and then of course I think you know Scotty's defense against Trey was also really excellent. Like I, I think that he was able to contain him uh, to some degree. I mean there were a couple of times where Scotty got a little too close to Trey or gave him an angle. I think when he played him straight. 
and, and square and gave him a little bit of space, but also, you know, contain the drives and stuff like that. I thought, you know, Trey was able to get into the paint. Scotty was able to put some arms up, you know, force um, and close off portions of the court for the passes. And you know, I thought he was the best Trey Young defender as well. So you really have to give it up to him. And I really do wish for his sake that he was able to make that layup at the end because that would have been sick. Um, I thought OG, you know, took it strong, uh, as you would always expect from him. A couple of times he was able to turn it over, you know, stepping out of bounds, you know, a couple of charges here and there. Like, you know, it, it happens, right? Um, again, you, you want to see the, the, the drives being more efficient. I feel like I say this every single episode um, of the postgame show, but it, it's the big thing to watch, right? Against Miami, he finished off like 80, 85% of his drives. He has a 30-point game, looks super efficient. Today, 27 points. Uh, he finished off a decent amount of drives. I would say probably maybe between 40 and 50, but there are a couple of plays where he's able to leave a short or he had to stop on a dime and 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 uh, or stop short and and you know miss the, the the mid-range jumper. But you know, I thought OG was able to give you that sort of downhill um pressure towards the basket and obviously he's strong enough to finish those sequences. Um I thought Thad was was excellent once again. I mean you know, start of the game, it was Thad and Wancho who was bringing all the energy. Wancho, first off, he started the game dominating the game. It was actually kind of funny to watch. Um, just the, the fact that the Hawks couldn't handle Wancho. You know, uh, the Raptors also went to Wancho in the post because of the fact that that's who Trey Young was trying to hide on. And Wancho was able to get him a couple of times there, too, which was a rare spot to see offense generated from. But listen, if you got the advantage to that degree, you want to see the Raptors go to it and, and force the Hawks to double and then play off of that. And so Wancho was able to give you production. That, I mean, one more can you really say with that? 18 points, nine rebounds, four assists, four steals, 35 minutes, nine to 12 from the field. I thought, okay, if I have to be completely honest, he did lose uh, Griffin a couple of times in overtime. That was his man, after all. Um, you know, but ultimately, I thought that gave you as much as somebody who is 34, 35 can really give you at this point. And, and finish a lot of plays around the basket. Um, you know, the little flip shots where, you know, he's got the ball at the elbow. Two cutters go through. Both passes denied. He takes the, the his own defender off the dribble. And, you know, always catches people by surprise with that lefty hook. It feels like, you know, he's played 16 years in the league. People still don't know he's a lefty. Um, and, you know, he was making all sorts of connective, you know, plays. Uh, him and OG finding each other. Uh, on cuts, you know, for high-low passes at the basket. I think that, you know, that element has been really enjoyable to watch. And it's a lot of other guys to sort of uh, to, to thrive and flourish. And then, you know, you also got, like, an excellent game out of Malachi Flynn. Like, this is as good as he can play at this current moment. Um, you know, it's not just the fact that he was able to knock down some threes. It, it's, the, it's the confidence that he comes into the game with. He's letting them fly. I think you know, whether that's because there's other guys that are injured right now. And so he knows in the back of his mind uh, that Nick can't take him out no matter what. So just might as well let it go. Here's the thing. Play with that mentality, even when other guys are available. Come into the game and try to score. Because I think that's Malachi's biggest asset right now. It's not really the playmaking in terms of as a point guard, the way that you would traditionally think where you get the screen and then you, 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 you know, pick out a couple passes and, you know, or you bring the ball up and then you set the play and you give it to a score and then you space out. Like, that's not really Malachi's strength. Malachi's strength is, you know, being aggressive and hunting for a shot. He's like a combo guard in that sense. And, yeah, I mean, you saw that today, right? A, a couple of plays where he had, like, Capella switched out on him or uh, one of the Hawks' bigs, and he was able to get, you know, shots off the dribble, score in the mid-range, step back, rainbow jumper over Trey Young. You know, uh, he had Trey uh, on a pick-and-roll where he's able to sort of turn 
downhill and then sneak in for a quick layup before Capella is able to come over and block it in the fourth quarter. Like, I thought Malachi played with tremendous confidence in that sense. And I think he did a good job of being scrappy on defense. I think when you ask, whenever you ask Nick about what you expect from Malachi, he always wants him to be a little bit more scrappy on defense because of the fact that obviously he's going to make, you know, be a target, right? You, teams are going to go at him. There are going to be plays that he simply can't stop that other guys on this team can you know, Malachi is one of the slimmest guys in the league, the most, you know, so um, definitely the smallest guy on the Raptors. So people go at him, right? But, um, you know, you want to see Malachi get into those mixes, get up, you know, a few loose balls and, uh, you know, get your hands in the you know passing lane to steal the ball a couple of times, which he's able to do. And, you know, the only shame is that he turned up, you know, he, he, uh, he fouled out of this game. Um, and... Yeah, but uh, ultimately, you know, he gave you what you needed. And then when he fouled out, you know, you know, uh, bringing Coloco into the game, I-, I thought, you know, Coloco played pretty good in this in this game, like 30 minutes for him. This matchup against Atlanta makes a lot of sense. You know, you do want to show Trey different looks. At the end of the day, like, you know, you have situations where, you know, uh, like in overtime where Coloco was isolated against Trey on a switch at the top. Trey roasted him and got in for a layup. You know, stuff like that, okay, that'll happen, right? But for the most part, when you look at Coloco, he's able to move his feet decently well enough where he's able to uh, create a couple of deflections, uh, block a couple of attempts, right? Like there were, there was two plays where Trey tried to go in for the floater. Trey might have the best floater in the NBA, and I don't even think that's a might. His floater is so good. He's got such good touch on that thing. And he's so smart about how much arc to put on it so that it goes over top of the shot blocker. Coloco blocked him twice on those floaters, right? That's very rare. I, I don't, when you watch a lot of Hawks games, you don't see Trey having that hard of a time finishing over top of centers. And maybe that's just because Trey hasn't played Coloco that much because he's a rookie. Maybe you'll figure that out as the games go on. Who knows? But, you know, for his part, I thought Coloco did enough. Like, just because Trey got him a few times doesn't mean Coloco didn't get Trey a few times. And then a couple of the tap outs, a couple of the plays, you know, the one thing is just you do wish he could finish more around the basket. Like, it's such a shame. I mean, like, yes, you want to see this three of six from the free throw line be something like five of six from the free throw line or six of six from the free throw line. But realistically, you want to see a, a game like this for Coloco. You want to see him um, not taking six free throws at all because he's dunking the ball, you know, like, cause there are so many plays where he's around the basket. And he just a- isn't able to finish in, in a crowd because he's, you know, not strong enough right now, not strong enough with the ball. Like I'm not even saying he needs to add all sorts of ball can become like, you know, JV or, or, you know, Zion or, you know, that level of player. You know, obviously, you know, he's not, doesn't have the frame for that. That doesn't fit his game whatsoever. But being strong with the ball, even though you're skinny, like, can you, can you, you know, pivot and muscle your man out the way or create an angle and go in for like a strong finish, whether that's a dunk or even a layup, it's fine. But, you know, there's a couple of plays that you just don't fully see him finish. But at the same time, defensively, he's, he's competing. He's giving effort on that end. And and offensively again, like he he was involved. Like you can't really ask more from him offensively than giving you seven offensive rebounds. That's so many extra possessions that unfortunately the Raptors just weren't able to fully convert. I mean, the Raptors shot sixteen more shots from the field than Atlanta. Atlanta did have more free throws, ten more. Um, and some of that was intentional foul, but also some of that was just you know the the whistle in this game wasn't great. Uh, you know, Nate took an early tag, then then Fred took a tag. You know, there's there's, there's a lot of weird back and forth in this game. There's not a lot of uh, you know, not a lot of happiness with the calls from from the officiating crew tonight. But uh, you know, ultimately, uh, yeah, 
I don't know. This game was there for them, though. This game was there for them. And it's going to bug you a little bit because the Raptors don't play again until next Wednesday, I believe. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those that you're going to have to sort of chew on and you really wish that you were able to come away with the win. But more importantly, you just hope the other guys come back and get healthier, more guys available to your squad. I mean, listen, you have Pascal in this matchup. We already seen what that, hap- what that looks like. The Raptors will beat the Hawks. Maybe not easily because you got to give them some respect as a team, but like he's a real matchup that the Hawks can't handle. And then, of course, you think about, okay, if if they're putting their best defender on Pascal, then Scotty gets an even easier assignment. OG gets an even easier assignment. You have another guy on the floor that you can turn to so that you don't have to rely on, on Coloco in overtime or Thad Young even in overtime. You can go with your healthier guys. And then, you know, obviously you shoot 8 of 37 from 3. Well, what does that look like with Gary in the game? So, again, the main thing is you just hope guys come back and get healthier because, you know, as much as the Raptors have done a decent job of treading water, um, and collecting some decent results, I thought the the uh, you know the, the Heat game was excellent. This game probably should have been a win too, uh, if you're going to be real about it. But um, I'm ready to see the Raptors play with a full complement of players. You know, obviously guys are going to be in and out, but once Pascal comes back to this this team, uh, I think a lot of these problems are going to be solved, especially a team like Atlanta. But anyway, to wrap up the show, going to hand out the three stars. Your first star is going to go. It's gonna to go to Scotty for me. I don't. I don't care that he missed the. I really don't care that he missed the layup. Uh, that doesn't take away from all the other huge contributions he put uh, towards this game tonight. And you know, twenty eight points, eleven rebounds, nine assists, a steal, two blocks, uh, made four threes, got to the free throw line twice. Probably should have got there more, especially when Trey fully hacked him in a tie game with ten seconds left. But again, you know, not a lot of happiness with the officiating tonight. Um, but yeah, um, he, he played great, and so many different highlights. I mean, dunking on guys, the wraparound pass that he had to Thad Young early in the game. I mean, it was uh, yeah, all he had to do was make the layup, or or maybe not come past half court. But whatever, it is what it is. Hopefully, the ankle's okay um, because he has been hurting it a few times this season. Um, you just be ashamed because you know you want to see more and more of these type of performances from him because you know what that's what he's capable of. Um, a second star is going to go to Thad Young for me. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. I thought he made a lot of nice periphery plays. Uh, again, not a lot of sets called for him, but he was very involved, uh, made himself involved. And, yeah, I mean, defensively, yeah, kind of faded as the game went on, but I, I thought he, he he did pretty well as well. 4 steals, I mean, what can you really ask for more than that? And then your third star, I'm going to give it to OG. Uh, 27 points, three rebounds, five assists, two steals. The only regret here is a couple of, you know, travels or whatever and not making enough open threes, like any open threes. But at the same time, him getting downhill to the basket was Raptors' best play uh, down the stretch there. He's able to make some key free throws. And, yeah, I mean, you know, he played well enough for the Raptors to win. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. Plus, he did pretty good defensively against DeJounte Murray on the other end, although obviously the bigger issue was Trey. So uh, in, uh, the Gerald Henderson Award winner, obviously you know who that is. That's going to be A.J. Griffin. Um, you know, 17 points, uh, five rebounds, and assists, a steal, a block, a game winner. I mean, man, he was awesome in overtime. The Raptors were trapping and doubling, and he got free so often, got on the offensive glass, cut, made plays, floaters, you know. His dad's got to be proud um, of, of the way uh, his son played. But, uh, yeah, that does it for the game. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, it's a tough one, but uh, go try and enjoy your weekend. And, uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe to the show. And, you know, me and Alice will be back on Monday with a steady diet of Raptors content. <laughs>